0: Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and welcome to the 130th episode of the Truth Island Podcast. There is probably not a more loaded term in the English language than the word evil. When we learn of this world as children, we envision demons, vampires, monsters, witches, and a variety of subhuman characters who share a unidimensional goal of inflicting the greatest harm possible. It is rare when watching a Disney film, for example, to actually get the backstory and why a particular character wishes to rule. It is often implied that those who are evil have somehow been scorned by society and suffer from envy and jealousy. They plan feverishly to overthrow the present or current order, so that they can create a world that better revolves around them. Such intentions are ascribed by Milton to Lucifer, who is kicked out of heaven and wishes to take back heaven in his image. However, in the Hebrew Bible, Satan appears in the book of Job as a wandering angel who seeks permission from God to torture Job. In the original Hebrew, the word Satan translates to the word adversary or the accuser. In the Old Testament, Satan is considered to be more of an employee of God than an entity onto his own. Anything, for example, that troubles man or stands in his way could serve as an adversary. This is why the figure of Satan is typically portrayed as being the embodiment of temptation. However, looking at evil through a modern context, it is said that no man wakes up in the morning thinking he is evil. This implies that every perpetrator of evil thinks that the current order is wrong and somehow needs to be fixed. It is for this reason that villains are often depicted as being more controlling and calculating than protagonists, as they wish to control the world, whereas good wishes to leave the world alone. As the philosopher Lao Tzu tells us, be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. One problem, however, with this interpretation is what if the current system operating is one that is already evil? For example, if someone had been given the power to assassinate Hitler or Stalin, would that have been considered an evil act? Is any attempt to change a power structure evil, or are there times in which a better version does exist? Also. Who gets to decide which person waking up in the morning is evil and which person is good? Joining me to help figure out the good from the bad, I am once again joined by Kenny. Kenny, it is said that as soon as Adam ate from the tree of knowledge, he gained an understanding of both good and evil. I still am struggling with that question. Do you think we should take another bite?
1: (laughs) No, I don't think we should. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're <laughs> I suffering I, enough, I, I, right? <laughs> was
1: was uh, was uh, destructive enough? The basics. I think that evil, if I foundational, I'll say that evil is is turning is turning away from things that are, and turning and turning into oneself. Mm. So, it's turning away from everything around you and turning into you. It's face. It's t- turning your face away from friends, family, people, creation, everything and looking at uh, at, at your at, at your own being as the only as the only legitimate source of or anything authority care pleasure and so forth
0: i think that's a great place to start i think hell is a very 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 lonely place if anything right mm-hmm. and i see that quite a bit i think that when we get Lost in our own thoughts, and we um, like you see these types of people like you see these people that are only concerned with their own welfare, with their own image, with their own desire. Sometimes, when you're talking with these people, they don't even take a a moment to even ask how you're doing, they don't take a moment to even think about um, a life that is not their own. And I think that in many ways is evil. And I, I think we've all, I, I don't think anyone is the perfect embodiment of this evil, right? No no one can be pure good and no one can be pure evil. But I think that those who have all of their thoughts twisted inward and only are, are thinking of themselves and, and cannot even imagine a world outside of themselves, they are they are actually living in hell, right, then and there. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's the pain, the pain of being selfish is one that you get numb to, but it's not, a, it's not like it's like a, it's like a numbing, it's like a dull throbbing numbness. It's incredibly the that kind of that kind of experience, that kind of mind, I can I, I'd imagine would be a very, very disturbing place and very very lonely place. Yeah.
0: There is some talk in our modern world though of self like the word self-care is used quite a bit, or you have to take care of yourself. Now, here's here's kind of um a paradox that I deal with. I, I do fundamentally believe, though, that one must love themselves before they are able to, to love others, are with yourself more than any other person in this world, right? And that's, that's just a reality. Like, even, even if you're, you've been married for 50 years, you've still spent more time with yourself than anyone else on this earth. And I feel that if you fundamentally hate yourself and, and you fundamentally loathe yourself, I find it very difficult to believe that you have the capacity to love another human being if you don't love the person that follows you all day long.
1: Yeah, I can understand that, but I'd have to disagree with that, and here's why. Sure. I think that, so for example, I think that people naturally love themselves ever since we were kids. I think that it's instinct, we we love ourselves instinctively, instinctively. You know, when we're hungry as children, we cry because, so. We're crying because we want to feed ourselves. We know that there's an entity out there that when we make this noise brings us good thing, brings good things to our mouths, and so we love ourselves and don't even care whether that entity is on the is on a business call. Don't, we don't give a crap whether that thing that entity is has a broken leg. No, we're just going to make that noise so that ourselves can be satisfied. And I think that it goes most human. Not most, all human beings. Listen, unless unless you are already, the knife is to your wrist and you are definitely going to cut yourself, to kill yourself, hmm. you love yourself. The point is simply this. Humans are, we are very well-versed, we're well-versed in loving ourselves. We buy ourselves nice clothes, we buy ourselves a nice games, we buy ourselves a nice movies, we buy ourselves, we feed ourselves, gives us, give ourselves well, water, food, shelter, sex, and and clothing and, and so i don't think we need any more time learning how to love ourselves you know we what we need to do is turn that love that we have for ourselves towards other people because if, if you listen to the house of the golden rule what, what christ said he never said learn to love yourself and then love thy neighbor he said no love thy neighbor as you already love yourself
0: mm-hmm.
1: love thy neighbor as you love yourself so i think loving oneself is super super easy barely an inconvenience at all <laughs> while um while loving others becomes the most difficult difficult uh, part of the the equation
0: i want to take that phrase uh love thy neighbor as you would love yourself because i actually do see a lot of people who are very self-loathing like i, I think we do have a lot of people in this world who are very self-loathing yeah. and if they follow that axiom and they hate themselves well they're going to hate their neighbor just as much as they hate themselves like I I, I I i i do i do see this quite a bit and and here's how it kind of plays out in some very mm. subtle ways and like there's obviously the very obvious kind of um what we call self-love like buying tons of material possessions mm. giving you know putting ourselves first above all all others there's also a, a certain type of self-loathing that i notice when we are constantly doing things for the validation of others. I I, I see this in in a lot of people who are like their entire ego, their entire world is completely dependent upon how others think of them or how how they can be useful or serve as a tool for others. On the outside, that looks highly altruistic. It looks like a, a remarkable, beautiful thing happening. This person just completely Sacrificing themselves for for the good of others and, and, and looks outwardly beautiful, but I'm like, if if that if if you are dependent on serving others for your own self love, then there is a lack of self love that, that is there that that there's there's a lack of self love because when you love yourself, you can easily start helping people. But you're not completely dependent on their validation as a means of, of, of loving yourself. So I, 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 I hear you. there is very obvious and very obvious examples of people who are building fortresses of golden uh, you know, golden bars in, in, in their in their safe vault and who are acting very selfish. Even that though, has a bit of self-loathing to it. I, I think that the person who is accumulating vast wealth, does not necessarily love themselves because they see their own love tied to the vast wealth in which they are accruing. You know, So I, I think that if you are building all this money, if you're building, like if you take any rich man who says, come, come to my mansion or something, that person does not inherently love themselves, they are using the mansion as a means to get others to love them. So I think a lot of selfish behavior actually has its roots in a in a fundamental lack of self-love.
1: But well, here's the thing though, it's I think that those selfish behaviors are, are the cause of self-love in the sense of so the person who is the person who has no self-respect, but decides to how you say the person who is looking for validation from others. looking for validations from others so so human beings there are two things human beings the basic the fundamental the basic core of human experience is pain and pleasure pain i don't want it because i love myself i don't want it pleasure i want it because i love myself i want it human validation validation from our peers is a pleasure hence we want it because we love ourselves we don't want rejection because we love ourselves there are things we don't want to experience because we don't want to put what we call that essential self through pain. Now, if you don't love yourself, if you don't love yourself, you'd put your hand in a fire, in, in, in a burning fire, and stay there, and you say, "Yeah, this is what you deserve as a human, per, as the human person that I am." But because we love ourselves, we're quick to remove. We, we remove our hands, or we don't. We don't want to experience that pain, but we want to experience as much pleasure as possible. Now, how human beings go about. How human beings go about different human beings go about, you know, expressing this um, self, and I do believe it's self love. This self love differs. Some of them express express it in a manner of it's more how you say it's more it's, it's it's very aggressive. I love myself. I read these kinds of books and about how you how to nurture myself, how to speak positively to myself, how to work up the nerve to be myself, and so forth. While others, it's more. You know, um, passive or um, I even even not just passive, but almost repressive. It's almost like a depressive self-love. I love myself, and so I. What's going on is that I'm going to protect myself from the world around me, and also there are certain people in my life that I will want. I want them to give me that certain pleasure of affirmation, kindness, and whatever it may be. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, do whatever I can to get that from them because those things make me feel good. It's often, whether depressive, whether depressive or active, it's still about one's own self. It's still about that that gaining pleasure or rejecting pain.
0: I, I hear you on that. And I, I want to share something that uh, my my grandmother confided in me. And this was, you know, obviously I would say, maybe towards the last 10 years of her life. And she said that, you know, she was a housewife. Yeah. and She said, you know, throughout the duration of that time, she always put others first, like in, in everything that she she did. She always, always put others first, children come first, husband comes first, everybody comes first. And she said that, you know, her, when her uh, husband died, you know, and the kids obviously were, were growing up and they left. She said mm-hmm. at that moment, that was the moment that she could start loving herself. She said that, that that was the moment where I could finally go dancing. She says, I've always loved to go dancing. It was like the one thing that really made me feel happy. And obviously she loved my grandfather. She loved, she loved her children. She loved all of those things. But there was that, that desire in her put herself first. In life, at, at certain at, at certain times, in certain times in her life, and I, I see this kind of story being told many times over. You know, we think of the the person that's in an abusive work situation, a person that's in an abusive marriage, or in all sorts of levels of abuse. And outwardly, and and I've worked with a lot of teachers who are very, very, very miserable. They hate, you know, they 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 come there every single day. They're drinking a bottle of wine or crying to themselves to sleep and yeah. when, when you talk when you talk to them about it they say well i'm sacrificing myself for these other people like they kind of act the role of the martyr so the way that they're able to get through all of these situations all all of this making other people happy is through the role of i am a martyr i am yeah. sacrificing my well-being yeah. for for the good of these other people that i need to service and when i see that i I do see a, a bit of, of self-loathing that kind of hides itself behind behind the glory of martyrdom that that's what I see.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. So, I mean, <laughs> I <can laughs> really understand that. The way I see it there 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 are people who there's there's a difference between so my basic argument is simply that, you know, I believe that people love themselves quite naturally. Now, that does not mean that people always do um, he, he, because all all of all of this is very nuanced. They're they're in very how you say. Though we can still talk about there's still a lot we can talk about. It's just I the end of the human beings have very interesting, intricate motivations for even the smallest things. There is this. So I believe that people do have a very natural, fundamental love for themselves, but that there are people who find it hard to in certain areas of their life because you can't you can't say that's in certain areas of their life to make decisions that they will in, personally enjoy and so two people they're, they're, and you can find you can find people doing that for all kinds of reasons you can find a person who is doing it because they simply want the approval of somebody else mm-hmm. you can find people who are doing it because they believe this is the best this is the best that i can do the best good that i can do for the situation you know i don't want to um I don't want to impose my life or my, my my anything on anybody else and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to make this hard decision for myself so that i don't bring any chaos or suffering to anybody else and there's the last person who is just naturally naturally sacrificial and they don't even feel the pain of the sacrifice they're just very and they're, they're there they're very rare people but they're very joyful a lot of anime characters like this that's why we love them so <laughs> Is very self-sacrificial. I mean, you talk about Naruto, you talk about Gunn, you talk about Inuyasha. These characters are, a lot of Japanese animes are always talking or depicting these kinds of people. Very self-sacrificial who feel, who don't feel the pain of the sacrifice. Incredibly good people. And so you have people who are doing the exact same thing, but for different reasons. And so it does just shows me that human beings attributes or those, you know, um, those actions they're not indicative of a lack of self-love they're more indicative of the character of the person Mm. self-love i think is just like i said unless you are ready to put your hand on a burning grill and stay there and say this is what you deserve you love yourself and and i know that it's that's and of course that's extreme but the point is that you're different it's 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 different it it differs in different people's lives and with your in, in 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 you know their stage in life. Uh, and, and mental capacity, and, and, and health, and so forth. But most people most people have a very, very, you know, protective nature towards themselves, and very affirmative nature towards themselves.
0: Okay, I, I think what, I, I like what you're saying here about, I think you have to have some degree of understanding of oneself before you can properly assess your own uh, level of self-love. Love. And, and let me, let me see if I can get this And correct me if I get what you said wrong. So let's just say you really come to discover yourself. You really know who it is that you are. And then you discover, well, hey, I just I am here to help people. That's that's who I am. That's that's Mm -hmm. essential to my identity. Well, then that is not self-loathing. That's not like sacrifice, because that's central to who your identity is, that you you are a person who just loves, loves volunteering, loves spending as much time with people as humanly possible. I think that there is another type of person, and I don't want to call this person selfish, but they perhaps express self-love through creating something that is of personal merit or value to themselves. And you you could think of a brilliant painter. You could think of an innovator, an inventor, and so forth. Because a lot of people who say, mom, dad, I want to be an actor. I want to be a poet. I want to be an author. I want to be an artist, right? Well, the parent immediately looks to that child and says, how incredibly selfish and entitled you are, right? Like the parent will immediately look at that child and say, you are so entitled. Like, don't you need a? when you get older, we need you to support mommy and daddy here. We need you to support blah, blah, blah. We need you to do this, right? And then, you know, if you're married, your wife looks at you like you're crazy. You're like, you selfish husband, look at you painting your paintings. And like, here we are starving to death and so forth right but what they don't realize is that if you actually fulfill that thing that is burning within you that that creation or that thing that that must be that must come out of you. like, And, and I almost I, I use the word it has to come out of you, because if you deny yourself, right, if you just deny yourself and say, OK, even though every neuron, every fiber within my body is telling me to paint all day, if I deny that and I just be the, the silent husband figure or I be the silent wife figure or whatever, whatever role it is that is being pressed upon me. I think that resentment and misery is likely to spring forth from that. So I think that, self, like, this is why I keep saying that knowing yourself and then, fi- and then self-loving whatever it is that you find is really important. So in the case of our artist friend, that artist has to know, hey, I am an artist. This has to be done. This, this artwork has to be created. And when they actually fulfill that, they will be at their happiest. And in my opinion, when they are at their happiest, it is only then that they will actually be able to give back to the world.
1: No, no, I I agree with that. I mean, I think that's everything. Absolutely. (laughs) I think that people ought to be, you know, I think that happiest brings about the most, the best in people. And I think that happiness is often... You know, accomplished when there you know, different, different different ways and different phases, but ultimately it's there is this there's a fulfillment that one usually either experiences through his work. I mean, Solomon says, "Enjoy your toil." That's incredibly important, and enjoy this life. So I think that you know it's important. I think that yeah, happiest happy people do are incredibly beneficial to society in 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 in, in a lot of ways. And I, I, so yeah, I, I agree with that, period. The difficulty for me is the, you know, I, I think is that the idea, which I've, ha- I've had this encounter for a long time, you I was like, you know, people think that um, people are generally unhappy and need to be more happy. You no, know, I think people are generally, um, sorry, people actually are unhappy. But we don't understand that people are unhappy not because they don't love, they don't love themselves enough, it's that they love themselves too much and don't love anybody else. You know, you live, well, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the West. All of your commercials, all the commercials here in America are pointing at yourself, pointing at the self, telling you what you deserve. You listen to the radio, come get what you deserve. You listen, <laughs> it's all about you. Everything is about you, 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 you. Mm. And you know, it's a tactic that a lot of stores use here. You know, they try to make you feel like you're the most important person in the world. I bet you you're not. They don't even know your name. They don't care about you. They only want your. They only want your. They only want your wallets. But they know what works. They know that everybody wants to feel. what everybody wants to feel as though they are the most important person in the world. And so they use that and manipulate you into spending money. Okay. Now
0: it, I, I actually, I 110% agree with that. That's, that's a brilliant observation. And here's, here, here's what I'll, I'll say to that. Uh, sorry to cut you off. No worries. I, I, I think that that materialism and that commercialism is, apply, is being applied to the false you. Okay, so when you see a commercial for a skincare product, right? Look your youngest, look your best, blah, blah, blah. blah right? That is applying to a false vanity of you. Like that's not that's not applying to the real you. So and I think materialism, especially our young people today they they want to embell they want to embellish and enhance the you or themselves with expensive garments right like they believe that if they wear these expensive garments they are being exalted over those of inferior garments right mm-hmm. so that is the false you however mm-hmm. what i think is not talked about that's not talked about in the west is the enhancement of the real you and that's that's the that's the painter, that's the philosopher, that is the poet, that is the musician. That you, I think, is extremely important. And there's no commercials. There's like very few commercials, uh, unless unless it's for some kind of university or college classes. There's very mm-hmm. few, adver- right? Like there's very, f- and then in the, even in those cases, they don't want the best for you. They kind of want the best for the institution. They're not, they're not looking for you to be wonderful because they know that you you have the potential to be the next Jim Morrison or the next Beatles on your own with a good group of friends. You don't need any institution to teach you how to be a wonderful musician. And the institutions know that, right? They, they know that if you have natural talent, you don't need any master to come and show you how to play the, the guitar for the most part. So I think that if we can kind of separate the two things, like the Selfish material you from the higher ambition you, that's going to be really important as we move forward. Because I think the two yous are, are you know, they're, they're two separate things.
1: No, I, I think so. I mean, for the most part, um I think that there are, it's the whole, this whole strange, you know, the whole I do not understand myself, do things that I don't want to do and what I want to do, I don't do. And you see, I love that line in the Kurosawa film, I think it was Rashomon, when um, the soldier, I don't know, he was a it wasn't a soldier, it was a merchant, I believe. He said, I don't understand myself. I don't I don't understand myself. He had this, there was this ripping ripping apart of the self because of um, but yeah, I think I think that's you know, um, but that's the thing is that it works though. The the, the all those commercials about, about that appeal to the love of oneself work. Now they, those kinds of things won't work, would sorry, they would only work. They only work because we do have a love for,
0: for ourselves. What? Hold on now. Okay, I actually think the complete opposite.
1: Oh, no. I,
0: I I think the complete opposite, and hear, hear me out on this one. Lean here, lean okay? If you love yourself, right, mm-hmm. if you truly love yourself, Yes. You don't want that skincare product because you love every wrinkle in your face. If you, if you, <laughs> oh, if you, no, listen to this, man. If, listen, if, listen, if, you, man. if you love yourself, yeah. then you don't need to wear fancy garments. Like you don't, you don't have, you don't care. So I think that this commercialism is actually tapping into your inner insecurity, right? Because, <laughs> every commercial is pointing out an insecurity within you. It's telling you, you are not educated enough. You need this degree. Your garments are inferior. You need to buy these other garments. Your skin is too wrinkly. You need to use this this lotion. So I think that only those who don't truly love themselves fall victim to that kind of manipulation. But if you truly love yourself, then you love your wrinkles. You love your undershirt. You love like you love you love your old beaten down car. You love everything about yourself, and you don't need anything further than that. So I think it's not it's not actually a love of yourself. It's an insecurity of yourself that makes you buy these things.
1: I understand what you're saying, but here's the thing, though. I I think we're we're we're, we're talking we're talking about the same thing, but there's a difference. There's, and here's where the I think the different lies difference the difference lies. I think I'm, what you what you're describing is a person who is satisfied. A person who is, you know, um, how you say? I think that because I, I, and here's how my view works. I think that everybody loves themselves naturally, and and everybody has. If, if we say one's love for oneself is 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 like a gradient, right? So where do you fall on that gradient? Are you do you love yourself light? Or do you love yourself heavy? You know, and so <laughs> and, and everything else in between. So I, I think that that's just natural for every single human being, but it differs based on our orientation, our um, you know, background and society so forth. But, but to find a human being who is satisfied, a person who is content is a different, very different story. Now that has nothing, I think, it, I don't think it has anything to do with one's love for oneself. I think it has to do with one's understanding of reality, one's understanding of how things simply are. I think that's where the mind, the soul mind comes in of, of, of thoughts and understanding. It's wisdom that helps a person say, Listen, even if, even if I am but ugly. And I, just because, listen, just because what a person, quote unquote, loves themselves, doesn't mean they have to lie to themselves. People know, some people know they're not that handsome. Like, I, they're just not. So it's like if, even if I'm not that handsome, like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to buy this thing because I, what, spent $100 in this skincare product, sending me a promise that doesn't that doesn't exist because it's a false promise. Well, that's simply understanding, that has nothing to do with one's love for oneself. That's simply that's simply wisdom. But my argument, I would argue that it's self-love that makes people fall for these things. And it's an inordinate amount of self-love because they want these things for a reason. It comes back to pain and pleasure, pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure are the things that teach me the most about self-love because I love myself. I don't want any pain. I love myself, therefore I want more pleasure. There's a reason these people want these products. They want these products to avoid the pain of not having these products and not fulfilling what the not fulfilling the promise of that product. So they're not having the product is the pain. Nobody wants that self-love. Mm. The promise of the product, the pleasure, self-love. So I think it comes, it, it's the idea that people don't love themselves is, I think it's not, I don't think, I, I don't think it's as pervasive as we as, as as we make it out to be. I think that. We do love ourselves. That's why these commercials work. Every commercial is our, is appealing to our self love, pain, pleasure, is appealing to our self preservation, our self, our, our desire to dominate others, our desire to be loved and accepted by others, our desires, and it's all for us. Now you may say, well, a person doesn't, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. You may say, well, a person doesn't have self esteem. That's you know, that's why he, you know, he's falling for, uh, falling for, you know. Um, Um, That's why he keeps doing silly things to gain his friend's approval. Well, yes, absolutely he doesn't have self-esteem. But at the same time, he loves himself enough to want to be loved by others. He wants that essential self to be cuddled or inspired or spoken to in, in a manner by either the lover, the friend, the boss, the whatever. So it always comes down to the fact that we do love ourselves. The question is no longer do we love ourselves. The question is how much do we love ourselves and what, where do we stand on that gradient?
0: Okay, I I, I I partly agree with what you're saying. And I think that, I think the person that buys that like fancy pairs, pair of jeans or something, like to some degree they do love themselves because they're, they're like, well, I, I love myself. Therefore I want to have like the best, the best thing possible for myself. However, I do think that there's an absence of some other type of self love in in the equation and allow me to explain how this works. Please, um, yeah. well, okay, when I was in school, right? Kids could make fun of hey man, did you did you get that those shoes from Payless? Hey man, you know, that that jacket, did you get that from Kmart? Like blah, 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 look how cheap your clothes, you know, right? <laughs> right? So we're
1: kids cruel.
0: Right, right? Kids kids are super cruel, right? And they for whatever like every every third grader is like the next Calvin Klein designer or something. They're they're always critical. They have very critical eyes and they love to point out things and make you feel like crap. Right. So within that, there becomes a, a a insecurity within you it grows because no one no child no, no eight-year-old instinctually knows that there's something wrong with kmart jeans or whatever right they just they just accept that this is a pair of jeans right like they accept this is a shirt this is a pair of jeans this is a pair of shoes yeah. they don't see they don't see that they're taught though that they should feel insecure because of those things now here's yeah. where true self-love kind of comes into the into the Uh, equation. My friend who works in a hospital tells me that he'll notice that the most confident, loving, caring doctors, right, and the doctors that really know the best and just are very wise and just really good at their jobs, all of them wear the cheapest like reebok sneakers humanly possible like and they they just they wear they wear the same like corduroy or docker pants that the color has faded from them like you can't even see the color anymore it's gone mm. they're just wearing the cheapest clothes humanly possible and the reason that is is because they've developed a true sense of self love for themselves in their craft of medicine so I think that when you actually discover the true thing in which you're supposed to love about yourself, right, like when you develop like my highest potential, my highest form on this earth is being a doctor, right, and that's, that's the true self-love, then all of the material things, all the material insecurities begin to fade when you have crafted yourself in the, the higher purpose that you were meant to craft for yourself, and I, I think that 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 is where the true self-love comes comes through. And I think, again, the person buying the expensive jeans or the expensive garment, they're like, well, I love myself. Let me buy that. But you're right. You're absolutely right that they don't have the wisdom to realize that the true love that they're really seeking is not going to be found in like um armani express it's going to be found in perfecting a craft or something that is that they can be proud of
1: but i I agree with you but here's the thing it's not self-love it's turning away from the self towards something else it's actually the love of something else it's the love of being a doctor and working as a doctor that stabilizes you as a decent human being love of the craft putting your hands to work and painting with your hands the love for that is what stabilizes you as a human being. So not it's not love of the self that changes man. It's the love of anything else. That's why when you see kids, people. That's why I'm amazed. All right, I'm amazed at this country. And I and I I don't care when I see, you know, you know, rich spoiled girls with like tiny chihuahuas. I don't even know if that's a thing. But you know that. Kind <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it doesn't matter because if she can if she can forget about herself for one moment and care for that dog, that isn't that is beneficial to her soul. So what we're, what, we're, what we're describing here is actually a turning away from the self to something else. And I think that is in fact what makes us stable. That is in fact what does change us for the better. So that's why that advice to love your neighbor as you love yourself is incredibly important because it's not just about neighbor. It's about love. It says love, love, love anything, love anything, but truly love it. Because once you truly love something apart from yourself, we it's almost like we forget ourselves for a second or two. Uh-huh. And when you forget yourself for a second or two and you are focused, and so that's why if, if, if hate if evil or hatred and evil Hatred, hatred is evil. So if evil is a turning to oneself, turning directly to oneself and away from everything else, then love is the exact opposite. It's the turning away from oneself and to anything and everything else, to truly love, to truly accept, to truly understand, to truly focus. And um, and I think that's, 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 that's incredibly beneficial. I don't care who you are, even if it's a lizard you love, love that lizard with all of your hearts love something apart from yourself for 5 seconds and you'll see how wonderful well I'm not, well. you you you'll see what what it, what 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 it does
0: for a human being oh man I, I love that i i think that the the anguish of self can be relinquished when you turn to the anguish of others very very beautiful there are there are some things i do want to comment on though so the woman that has for example the 10 Chihuahuas, for example, right? Like, <laughs> I, you think, think, think of the, I think of like the rich lady in the the best part of Manhattan, she's got the 10 Chihuahuas. Well, I scratch my head and I say to myself, well, how did she come to get those 10 Chihuahuas? And it's because she didn't love herself after the first Chihuahua. So she bought the first one and then she's like, uh, I, I need another one. I need, I need a third one and I need a Gucci bag. And I need, you know, so like, I think that those Forms of turning to other things, whether it's a chihuahua or whatever, may not be the most genuine expression of of, of love unless you're a veterinarian, unless you're like a, a zoologist or a veterinarian and you're really helping chimps and helping helping animals in in some kind of humanitarian way. I think just like having like ten gorgeous uh, dogs or whatever and, and 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 just showing off with that, I think that's like a like an extension of of vanity in some way because. If, if you truly love that dog, you probably just need like one dog, some, some mutt. It doesn't have to be a purebred anything, probably some mutt that you're proud of. Now, I want to talk about the other thing that you said about turning to others. And there are things that I do in this world, Kenny, that no one else really sees. Like I, I there's things that I write. There are thoughts that I have. There are books that I read that I don't really share with anyone else. Not yeah. not because I'm a selfish guy, but sometimes there's just no one to share them with. Okay. I still love myself for those things that happen in complete privacy or completely absent of all other eyes. Yeah. So I do I do think that there is a way to love oneself and do things that are just completely siloed from the rest of humanity, and I, I think that's actually a good anchor to have in your life. You know, I had my friend Alexander, and we were talking about like the the role of artist, and like, okay, it is important for an artist to create art art that can that that should be in service to others. You know, like they're not just creating art for their eyes, but for the eyes of others. But it's also very important for that artist to have just a few works that are just for them, that no one else is ever going to understand or love. And you can love yourself producing something that only you will love. There are books that I have read. There are uh, stories that I have written that I know I am the only one that is going to love those things. And I I think that's a very beautiful thing to create that self-love and to create those products uh, within yourself that no one else can ever take away from you. Because I, I think there's also a, a degree of control in this as well, because if you if you create art that is contingent upon other people's validation and admiration, at the drop of a hat, it can be taken away from you. The second someone says, uh, Kenny, that painting really sucks. Well, now you've, you've put your self-love into the hands of another, right? As soon as you have your self-love, that is uh, dependent on someone else, your, your, your self-love is in their hands. But if there's just a few paintings or just a few things that you do solely for yourself, no one can ever take that away from you. No one can ever tell you that painting sucks because you can simply turn to them and say, that painting's for me, my friend. And that's the end of the story.
1: No, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't call it self-love, but I would, I would call it confidence, in your own confidence in oneself, confidence in one's capacity. Confidence that you are the real thing. So, for example, you know, and I think it's absolutely important to have a secret life and a good secret life because I mean, people have secret lives, but it's filled with horrible things.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you love yourself for the dead kittens in your refrigerator, that's not self love. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like everybody has skeletons in their closet, but nobody has a prayer closet, or nobody has a painting closet, nobody has a music closet where they just go and be by themselves and read or do do something good you know it's like no it's always something weird
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: so i think it's important to have a secret life because it it proves to you that you are in fact the real thing you are in fact who you who you think you are and who you say you are if you're only reading in public so that people can see you reading especially like you walk around with like <laughs> you <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the the hipster
0: with tight jeans and Starbucks reading a book of poetry. So that oh, it, yeah. and he's always they're always sitting in the most optimal location <laughs> so that you know as this soon as someone back. opens that door you see them and I'm Here like. You know, like I, you know what what's interesting is I, I was watching this one guy and he was saying, oh, I, I love having an impressive library in my house. It's very important to have an impressive library. And he even admitted, I don't even read half these books but it's very impressive that when people walk in they see how many books that they've read. And okay. I actually, I'm too, like I don't have the money to have a, a bookshelf or something. So 90% of what I read comes from the library. So mm-hmm. I, I, I am a huge fan of the library. I read the book. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm done reading it, I, I send it back because I, I say to myself, I'm not here to show anyone anything that I've read. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not for you. I'm not here to show you my bookshelf of, of the things I've read. It will come out in conversation. That's that's the most natural way it will come out. You will ask me a question, and I'll be like, "Well, that reminds me of a book I read." But I don't need to read books just to show people that I've read books. And no. I think I think that's a form of self-love right there.
1: Well, here's the thing that that the person who even said that I mean, God bless his soul because at least he's honest about it. You know? <laughs> Some people won't even tell you the truth, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read all these books. Um, these are my personal collection. Uh, let me just. Uh... <laughs> walk over to this one and you know he flips it open and gets to the right page because he's you know he's put a blue bookmark there and he just reads a little bit and it's 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 it's, people do that kind of thing to impress you and they haven't they don't really care about the books at all but at least this guy's honest but yeah i understand because you know um it's super important it's super important because it 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 makes you solid as a human being it makes you a solid human being when you don't want to impress anybody when you're far more interested in you know when you're far more interested in being the ideal thing, when you're far more interested in building your confidence in who you are as a human being. Mm. You know what I mean? No, often no, the average human doesn't know what it means to be a human. And then after that, people think, well, how can we know? What is it? How can we know such things? Well, you are a thinking being. The very fact that you can pose the question means that there must be some bloody answer, and if not an answer, something close to an answer. So I think that I think that it's super important to to have a very secret life of the good things. You know, even when we give, you know, hello, I'm here. I've been giving, you know, two thousand dollars to the children's hospital. (laughs) 35 years. Like nobody asked you, dude. I asked you, for, I asked you what the time was, you know? <laughs>
0: I like, think, so I think that that is kind of a false sense of self-cultivation. So I think the person that is like, I have read all of these books. I have blow, I have done this and that it's like, okay, there is some real accomplishment there. I'm not going to say that there isn't, but the yeah. fact that you have this need to publicly tell others incessantly, like incessantly is a huge problem. And I think that there's actually a lack of self-love there, because I think the desire to tell people incessantly what it is that you're doing stems Um, from a giant insecurity.
1: Insecurity and self-love are not the same thing. Insecurity and self-love are actually quite compatible. Here's why it comes to, so the person who tells you i've read tolstoy um, yeah, war and peace it's like listen bro you haven't and here's why he's telling you he has he's telling you he has because he knows what that means he knows the public perception of a person who reads a thick book like that he knows the public perception and he knows he wants to get that cash he wants he wants well, to- actually
0: actually in this day and age People hate it when people say they've read. Like they're like, <laughs> no. get away from me. <laughs> yeah, but,
1: they still, but they still see him as a smarty pants. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so he wants that cachet. He wants people to say, "Look, can you imagine? I heard you he read Tolstoy <laughs> four, in four hours, in force, in just four hours. Can you imagine that?" And like, and then he walks through it with a, you know, with a his shoulders puffed, puffed to the side, <laughs> his chest all puffed out, and he's you know walking like freaking Justin Bieber. But he hasn't read it. But he's doing that because he wants to pleasure self-love. He wants that the self-love induced him to do that. He has an inordinate amount of self-love to the point where he's willing to lie to gain the approval and the affection of others so that he can feel, so that he can feel that, you know, the, the cachet of of what's what's um of what he hasn't
0: accomplished. Okay, but but I want you to look examine the word self-love. Okay. Just let's just look at that word. Let's let's break it's a compound word, right? We have mm-hmm. self and then we have love. Yes. In order to have self-love. There can be no component of having to build the cachet of other people though. So I would still argue that, We're
1: th- that that's self-confidence. That's confidence in <laughs> oneself.
0: Because I self-confidence, feel and
1: self-confidence are not the same thing. Go on, please.
0: But, but I, I think that 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 person who says to themselves, well, in order for, for, for me to love myself, people need yes. to know that I read Tolstoy. They need to know that I read Tolstoy in order for myself to love myself. Yes. I still think that that derives from a fundamental lack of self-love. That, that's, that's kind of the argument that I'm making, that, that there's a fundamental piece missing from yourself that creates that reflex or that creates that urge to then tell people that I have read these things now therefore there now I can love myself once people know that I have done this now I can love now I'm giving myself permission to love myself I, I just feel like you should you shouldn't need permission to love yourself it should kind of just happen by default
1: that's what I'm saying I think that people do love themselves by default from the very beginning from the very get-go from the very from the very moment we're out of out of our mother's wombs we love ourselves. And we love ourselves in the very day that we die. I think that there's a gradient. I think that there's a difference in, this, in, the, in the amount of love that we show ourselves, for sure. I think that some people love them.
0: Maybe. Okay. I, I actually agree with you that I think there's something very pure. Because the, when a baby is born, for example, no one actually teaches the baby uh, to suckle. Right. It just instinctively knows uh, there's no there's no book, there's no nothing the baby needs to read in order to understand to suckle a mother's breast for milk. Right. It's just an instinctual thing. I think that is a pure act of self-love. I I absolutely agree with you that when we pop out, the instant we pop out of the womb, we love ourselves because we're suckling our our mom's teat with no regard for how mom feels about that, right? And no matter how painful it is, we just have that self-love of like, I need this milk to survive. That's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that when we go to school and we interact with others, we start learning how not to love ourselves. I think I think I think when we we might we might get these um brand new shoes and we're like wow look at my red shoes. I love them so much. I love them so much. I love my red shoes. But then you go to school and then the bullies come and say man you got those from payless? Those suck, man. So I think, that, I think that in the baby version of ourselves, like in that baby moment, we are the purest version of ourselves because we love ourselves. And we instantly know that mother's milk is the most purest thing to have. But then as we get older, we're taught all of these, these multitude of ways how we should not love ourselves.
1: But that's the thing. We're going around in circles here because I think <laughs> it's the exact thing. <laughs> I, I understand that, I think you're right. I think there's a difference, something happens in the awareness of a child, in the awareness, um, the, the, the level of awareness in a child where they become you know, hypersensitive to, to their own category, just, their category as, as, as an entity, as a living being. And they become, because of that hyper-awareness, they become aware that or the, the, the knowledge, here it goes, the knowledge of pain and pleasure, the knowledge of what I want and what I don't want, the knowledge of what I want to happen, what I don't want to happen, becomes also hyper aware, hyper, hyper uh, sensitive, And so no kid wants to be made fun of. It's pain, therefore mm-hmm. they don't want it. Therefore, they're doing it to protect themselves. It's a self-love, it's a self-mechanism, self-protection mechanism. Where you protect yourself because you care for yourself. Another way of saying that one cares for himself is that saying that one loves himself. So it doesn't all every 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 action, every human interaction, every human decision is made from self-love, plain or pleasure. Should I go to New York to get this job? Well, is it painful? If it's painful, I'm sure as hell not going to do it because I love myself. I care for myself. I want to protect myself from that horrible pain. But if it's filled with money, oh hell yeah! <laughs> okay, but yeah. So because of the because of the joy, because of the um, the pleasure, you no. Know, if 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 it's filled with cachet with good things, I will go for it. If it's filled with bad things, I will not go for it. And it's if you look at if you say okay, then why? What's the fundamental reason of why a person would choose? Um, would would choose pleasure over pain uh, and avoid pain for the sake of pleasure. It's because one cares for oneself, for that essential self. And if one cares for that essential self, one might say that one loves that essential self. So that essential self doesn't feel pain, but only experiences as much pleasure as possible.
0: I, I hear you on that. I think that makes a lot of sense that the when, when, when the child loves the red shoes, but then they get made fun of, there is a... There is like a self-preservation element to that behavior of like, okay, if I don't conform and, and nag mommy and daddy to buy me the expensive shoes, my self-preservation is at harm because then I'll be ostracized and then I will be made fun of and I will have no friends. I get that. I get that. I think that, that it's like a stage of development. I think to find, to truly love yourself, you have to overcome that that, 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 that self-preservation that you feel in the, in the, in the, and you can disagree, like in the company of others is something that we, we all have to fight. We have to fight that, that self-preservation urge And this is something that I spent a great deal in my twenties and then so forth fighting. Like, like I thought, let me try and be, agreeable and let me try and be as friendly and let me try and be as adaptable to the people that are surrounding me right and i thought that that was in my best interest i thought that that was going to be in my self preservationist interest
1: yeah.
0: as i get older i realize that it's just a form all all of that agreeableness all of that accommodation is just a ver, is just a version and again we can disagree on this of insecurity and a lack of self-love. We are reaching the hour mark. So what I propose, Kenny, is we've spent yes. a lot of time talking about actually what makes a good person, not an evil person, <laughs> 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 which is totally which is totally fine. So I propose that we make this a two-part episode. And okay. next week, now that we know what a good person is, maybe next week we'll be able to talk about what makes a truly evil person. How does that sound?
1: Sounds bloody brilliant.
0: Okay, thank you so much, and I will see you next week.
1: Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me.
0: This concludes the 130th episode of the Truth Island podcast. Please tune in next week for the second part of our series, What Makes an Evil Person.